최고 Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. I hope everyone's doing fantastic this week. Uh, I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you had a nice Christmas or a nice holiday. Either one, if your holidays are still going on, hopefully they're having a good holidays. Um, New Year's is coming up and um, there's not been that much news or things that I've done this week. Um, so this is probably going to be probably the shortest episode of the year. Uh, I know I say that a lot. Well, I guess I don't say that a lot, but I know I say that sometimes, and then like the episode ends up being like an hour and a half, and it's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I get, technically, it's a little bit shorter than than most, but um, yeah, we're just going to sit back and, and talk about some video game stuff here before the end of the new, uh, the end of the year, <laughs> and into the new year, of course. Um, I hope everyone is having a fantastic day. I hope everyone's going to have a nice New Year's Eve, a nice New Year's Day. Um, what what are what are your uh, New Year's resolutions? Because mine is to beat more video games. Now that's not saying that I didn't beat a lot of games this year. Um, and actually, my my New Year's resolution from last year was to beat more new games. Um, because I had a problem, at least the last couple years at this point, of buying a game and playing maybe a couple hours or, or so, and then moving on to another game really quickly and not coming back to the game that I just bought. The game that I just bought for $60. Nowadays, it's $70. And after 2022, when games started becoming $70 and... You know, it was it was more of a detriment to not finish games. I said, you know what? In 2023, my goal is to beat more games that come out in the year. Actually, play the games that I spend my money on and beat them, because I do play them. That's not what I meant. I do play them, obviously, and I play them enough to have thoughts and give thoughts on the podcast. But I wasn't beating them, and I think part of it was starting up the final review, even though I did start off beating games you know it's not like i didn't start off beating games this year um but it was a main goal for me to beat just the games that i bought to beat them and i I know there's a lot of games that i bought that i didn't beat but think about it this way there's a lot of games i didn't buy this year because i didn't think that i would enjoy them or i wasn't like super into the the um uh the, the the rest of the games in their catalog um, look at Hogwarts Legacy, which any other year I would have bought because it's a game coming out and I want to buy games. Look at um, uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, uh, you know, a game that is obviously going to be talked about a lot. And I did have uh, a conversation, I guess I didn't have a conversation, but Callus did come on and talk about the game a couple times. And I appreciate that because I didn't want to buy the game. And I know any other year I would have bought the game. I would have probably played an hour or two and been like, yep, this is not something that I'm vibing with. And Or maybe I could be totally wrong. But there is something to be said about, uh, about, about Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild comparisons. I know they're two different games. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's one of those things that I, didn't, I don't really like Breath of the Wild. I'm obviously the minority about that, but I I didn't I didn't find Tears of the Kingdom to be to be looking too that intriguing to make me jump out of my seat and go I gotta play that right now. <laughs> but that was my main goal of 2023 was just to finish games and any game that I buy give it a good college try at least to get them done. And uh, this year I did make an I did make an oopsie early on by buying Forspoken, which was a game that I kind of figured was gonna get a lot of talk about and then fizzle out and that's exactly what happened and I knew that I had the strike when the iron was hot and so I did but I, I regret buying the game in the end because even though it was fine I didn't I didn't mind it I knew in my heart that I would not get through the game <laughs> mostly because of like the the narrative and the story some of the voice lines kind of annoying but even then like I, I kind of did the gameplay was not anything that I was super into. Um, things like Final Fantasy, uh, even though I really was enjoying it, 
kind of fell off of because it's just such a long game. I, I played for like 20 hours, and I know I've beaten some longer games like Starfield this year. I you know six, put 60-something hours into. Um, but, you know, I just – it's one of those things that's like, ah, you know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I take I, you take a break, and, and sometimes you just don't go back. Um, other games that I, I just didn't genuine generally beat, but I bought – Armored Core 6, I really feel bad about this one because I love the game. I really do. Like, I really think it's a great game. But I I just got to a point where it was either... Well, I, I replayed the level a couple times with a bunch of different builds and a bunch of different parts spot. And the boss at the end of the level was just kicking my ass over and over and over again. So I decided I'm going to take a break and I'll come back. And I did. I came back and I tried to do it again and... Once again, I, I did about ten tries. Restarted the level with different attachments and different and, and different things bought, and I just I couldn't do it. And and maybe today, before the year's up, I'll try and take another crack at it. But um, it's just one of those things. that's like you know, I appreciate everything that Armored Core does to help you along the way to give you the ability to swap things out and stuff like that. Um, but this boss is just it just kicked my ass so many times in a row and. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll probably try and get back to it again, either today or in the, in the coming week. Uh, I still got a couple weeks to go before the top ten games contest is done. Um, that gives me some time to try and finish up some games that I've been playing this year, whether they'll impact or change my top ten list or my game of the year, which is very unlikely at this point. Um, that's that's to be seen, but um, yeah, just one of those things. Is like, yeah, I, I try. My hardest to get stuff. I tried my hardest to get new games done this year, and uh, I will say I, I did finish a lot of them. I look at the games I've played this year from 2023, and I look at the games that I've beaten, and the list is a little bit lopsided still, for sure. But I think that there's way more games that I've beaten than not beaten. Um, so games I've beaten this year: Power of Ten, Handshakes, <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. Rhythm Sprout, Pizza Tower, Dead Space Remake, SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shake, Wolong Fallen Dynasty, Dredge, Saga of Sin, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Meet Your Maker, The Death of Sonic, Dead Island 2, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Humanity, Resident Evil 4, The Lord of the Rings Gollum, uh, The Last Worker, uh, I did not finish Redfall, uh, or Amnesia the Bunker, uh, Bleak Sword DX, Planet of Lana, Brotato, Pikmin 4, Lies of P, Bomber Cyberpunk, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, Goodbye Volcano High, Starfield, Cocoon, The Many Pieces of Mr. Koo, Mortal Kombat 1, We Were Here, Expeditions of the Friendship, um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Pizza Possum, The Tiny Sticker Adventure, Hellboy, Web of Word, Spider-Man 2, Alan Wake 2, Robocop, Thirsty Suitors, Mine for three, Venba, The Talos Principle 2, Steamworld Build, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, and Just Stand, um, which is a pretty... I mean, out of all those games I just listed, I think I only skipped over about five or six, so that's not too bad, all things considered. And if you are in the Top 10 Games Contest, just as a reminder, games that I did not beat this year will not be ending up on the Top 10 list because I didn't beat them. And I try and make that a point every year, but some people miss the mark on or, or miss that uh, little tip that I give out. Other tips that I, I've given in the past that maybe some people haven't caught on to this year again... Um, you know, number 10 is usually the Guilty Pleasure game, the game that I don't think is high art, but it's still really fun, and I played a lot this year. So just keep that in mind. The other tip that I gave the at the end of last year, which some people don't seem to have picked up on again this year, is to look at the desktop background of my computer <laughs> to tell you placement of that game. Um, it's been the same thing for the past, like, four or five years that I've done, and it's just something that I think people maybe forgot about and that's all the tips i'm going to be giving for the rest of the year um i will be talking about games if i finish them um but at this point i think that i've given enough hints throughout the last couple of episodes and if you haven't picked up on them you might want to go back through and listen to them or go back and listen to the actual talks about the games when they when they happened on past episodes um and i would i usually recommend going for the one that's nearest to the last one that I talked about or the last one that I talked about because that'll be my final opinions 
Uh, same thing about like final reviews. Those are also good to listen to, just in case you want to check that out. But yeah, um, going back to games beaten in 2023, um, I also did a big chunk of my um, backlog, which shows on my streamed games. Um, I believe we streamed more than the past couple years. Um, I would have to compare and contrast on my own. Uh, but we beat 73 games this year, which I believe is around the same amount that I beat last year. Uh, so we did not do better or worse, I don't think. We just kind of hit even, which... <sighs> but we did finish some longer games at the beginning of the year, which which caused maybe me to not finish as many. And, of course, playing multiple games at the same time has actually helped with with uh, with that. So I'm, I'm, I'm breaking up the monotony of, you know, not playing... 12 streams in a row of Final Fantasy VII Remake. I am switching things up in the middle. So instead of playing Barnyard for four streams in a row, we play Barnyard, and then we also play for Far Cry 4 or, or, or Wario or whatever we played. You know, So that's also a nice thing that I did this year. Um, yeah, but I, 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 hit, I really smashed through some backlog games. I replayed some games as well. And um, <clears throat> I'm very happy with the output. Uh, like in the middle of the year, we did a really great job of just kind of knocking games out. Uh, and then towards the end of the year, with Bunger Month being as as rough as it was, uh, we we kind of petered out, and and I did not complete as many games as I was hoping by the end of the year. But we still did a good job. I mean, we smashed most other people's records for games beaten on stream in like the past, like some people for the past three years. I smashed their records just in this one <laughs> streaming month, uh, streaming year. Um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, this is actually 2023. I finished the most games out of the past three years, which has been as which um, I've only been tracking my games completed for about three years now. Uh, so back in 2021, I only completed 104 games, and then in 2022, I completed 122 games. This year, though, uh, we did a great job. We we beat about about 20 more games at 146 this year for me personally, which is great. I I definitely want to see that number keep growing because I want to keep finishing games, you know. Um, so yeah, I, and you can maybe plus or minus like a half or, or or a whole point because of DLC maybe like Valhalla DLC and Blue Shift DLC is 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 in is in my completed thing. So maybe those all equal out to one instead of two separate. So you can maybe plus or minus one. But um, yeah, that's the number. And uh, if you want to track games yourself, I highly recommend the GG app. It's great. You can make lists and review games and all that stuff. So yeah, pretty cool. And it's looking like the last game that I beat this year is going to be All Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two, which I just completed today. So let's go on. Let's go ahead and move on to the next part of the show, or actually the first part of the show is just a long intro uh, where I talk about uh, the games that I've been playing this past week. All right, so I finished Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two this past week. Yesterday, really, by the time at the time I'm recording this. And it was really enjoyable. Obviously, being a Smash Brothers clone, a 2D brawler, um, there's a lot of stuff to compare and contrast between the two. And they definitely tried to make All-Star Brawl 2 more like Smash Brothers Brawl, <laughs> in a way. Um, it's got this roguelite mode attached to it, which is the campaign mode. And you got to go through it like four times to complete complete the run four times in order to finish the main uh, the main game and I uh, I don't think it changes up enough through each run it, it kind of got monotonous by the third time that you beat the the boss and you're like and he's like ah oh, reverse time and next time it's like okay <laughs> but I will say that it was a pretty enjoyable time playing through it once I found the character that I really liked I kind of just stuck with them which was the angry beavers at the, at the end of the day the Angry Beavers were my favorite characters to play as. Uh, Reptar being a close second, and Nigel Thornberry being a close third. Um, but I just found the the Angry Beavers have the best uh, move set for me personally. I uh, really enjoyed them. Uh, but yeah, the roguelite mode it's 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 kind of what you expect. You go from arena to arena, and sometimes in the arena there's like a group of enemies who attack you, or sometimes you fight like a mind-controlled brawler, kind of like in Smash Brothers Brawl, or even Smash Brothers Ultimate, really. 
And um, there's also other rooms that you can go to with like little mini games, like uh, open the chests along a platforming challenge, or pop the balloons, kind of like the target challenge in Smash Brothers Melee. Um, and each character, and actually, interestingly enough, each character has their own pop the balloon um, mini game. It's, it's, it's different for each character, which is actually really nice. Like they put a lot more work into that than I was expecting, really. Other uh, and then the other rooms that you can go to have like upgrades for you. These are either shops or people or characters who just give you an upgrade. And they each kind of represent a different form of upgrade. Like Mrs. Puff is for like regular attacks and the girl from LT Gray gives you like special enhancements to your attacks. And um Gurr from Invader Zim gives you like projectile attacks and, and upgrades your projectiles and uh, stuff like that. And then there's like cinnamon uh uh is it cinnamon puff man? Powdered toast powdered toast man. Um, so he's like a shop, so he has a random assortment of goods to help you out. Same thing with the Cabbage Man from Avatar. He has like a he has more healing stuff or, or items that you can use. Um, and there's also one other shop that I'm forgetting about right now who also gives you upgrades. And really, it's all about combining the upgrades to make your character stronger. Like I, I really focused on getting the projectiles. Uh, the ones that shoot automatically because you can upgrade your projectiles to have like 150% or 200% strength if you get the if you get a good run and uh that like wipes out bosses and wipes out regular enemies and like a couple like one hit for regular enemies and like a couple hits for bosses it's kind of crazy it's kind of insane um and on my last build i had two different firing projectiles one that kind of comes and splits and one that follows the enemy so i was doing like triple damage on each of those hits which was really nice and it really did help the monotony kind of like settle down because i was getting through stuff pretty quickly so in the regular arenas where you fight a group of enemies they're enemies from, like, all different walks of life. So you have, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle foot soldiers, jellyfish. Uh, there's the, plank the Plankton mind-controlled residents of Bikini Bottom show up. Uh, ghosts from Danny Phantom. Um, the LT Gray skeleton fire skeleton people. Uh, there's, like, desserts and stuff from, I think it's Ren and Stimpy. There's, a there's an episode where desserts, like, go insane and try and eat people or something like that. Uh, there are... Uh, the big buff dudes who were in, like, the Spongebob movie. Um, yeah, there's just a bunch of different characters who show up. There's little ro the little robots from Invader Zim are there. Uh, the flying bug people from... I think I think that's also Red and Stimpy. It's either Red and Stimpy or Rocco's Modern Life, uh, one of those two. Um, so there's there's representation from a lot of different uh, properties in, in these places. Um, not only with the enemies but also like the maps you can go on each one has like a different it's a different show um so like uh you know my life as a teenage robot you're on a famous scene from that movie i'm uh, not movie tv show uh garfield you're in like garfield's dream world lasagna dream world um yeah there's just a bunch of different places that you go to from each property and i i do think that there's some properties that did not get enough representation that could have used more representation in the game um but you know it's whatever i thought it was i thought the roguelite mode with the multiple enemies attacking you at the same time it was fun the only problem is though is that the ai is completely bugged out for the regular enemies a lot of times they'll get stuck and they'll just kind of stand there and they'll like They'll they'll do like jerky movements that cause them to make a noise, and they just repeat over and over and over again until you come over there and like hit them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like the AI just needs to be tweaked so that they don't do that. And there's been multiple updates, but they haven't addressed that yet for some reason. Even though it's a huge concern and a huge like, well, okay, the enemy is just stuck in a spot and they're doing nothing while I'm fighting everyone else. I mean, sure, it helps me because I don't get attacked by as many enemies at the same time, but. Also, it is a detriment to the gameplay because it's like, well, now I'm not fighting as many as many characters, or I'm not having as much of a challenge as I should be having, which is unfortunate. And it's it's just a weird thing too. Like when if you play the game and you, it was like in the first encounter, I started hearing this noise that was like, and I was like, what the hell is that? And I and I 
you know, I was just I was just looking around the screen, and there was an enemy just like twitching rapidly, making the noise in the, in the corner, and, and a bunch of them were doing it at the same time. Three of them were doing it at the same time, and I'm like, holy, what the hell is going on here? The regular AI combatants for the regular characters, like the mind controls characters that you that you um uh, uh, fight with, are also kind of brain dead as well. I was playing on the normal difficulty, and I switched to hard difficulty eventually, and there was like no change in the AI. They were pretty much brain dead from the get go. Like sometimes, like on the on the Hey Arnold Lockjaw map, they would just fall through the center of the map. There's a hole in the center of the map that you can fall through. They would just walk off and fall into that and die. And I was like, okay. And there's other times where the enemy, or, you know, the the person you're fighting, will just stand still and not do anything. And I'm like, why, why, why is this happening? Like, these. So, and, and then when the AI is working perfectly good, like fine, and on hard mode, it was actually a challenge. And I, you know, maybe lost a life here or there, or maybe took too much damage here or there. So I had to heal in the future instead of getting an upgrade. It was moments like that that I really loved. But then there were other moments where, like the end, like you know, they just fell off the map for no reason, or they walked off the map of their own accord. It's like okay, weird. I guess it does make up for the fact that I, if if I fall off of a stage, I usually just die. <laughs> I, even though I do, like, my up and square attack, which is, like, the one to give you a boost upwards, uh, I still seem to fall off. And I have this problem in Smash Brothers as well, where I just can't get the rebound a lot of times. Um, it really became obvious to me that I couldn't do any rebounds when we did, like, this tournament a long time ago. And I was, like, out in the first round because I fell off three times in a row. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And I was, like, practicing really hard with, like, Diddy Kong at the time, too. And I, 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 like, fighting the AI, they didn't really hit you off as much because, you know, they're AI. But fighting a real person is a bit different. And that, the same thing does go for this game where it's like, okay, if you fight real people online, then, yeah, you know, you're going to have maybe a bit of a tougher time or you're going to get hit off a few more times. And, you know, I, I, people online are obviously more competent than me at doing some things. So, you know, there's always that. It's a bit of a challenge, more of a challenge there. Um, and yeah, so you go through the entire thing and you, you meet bosses in, in during the rogue, mo rogue, roguelite mode. There's three different, <clears throat> there's three different sets of levels you can go to. The first one, it's either like the jellyfish king or the flying Dutchman. The second one is either the El Tigre villain or, um, shredder. And then the final one is going to be Plasmus, who is like the main villain of the uh, whole game. And, um, I never really found Plasmus to be that difficult. Or the actual true ending boss, but um, you know it was still a fun time. I think they did. I think they 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 tried hard. That's the only. That's the thing that I want to say. Say what you will about the game. Say what I will about the game. They tried. Like they they tried to make a great game here, and they they almost succeeded. But it's just good, not great. Which is why in the end I'm going to give it a four out of five. I think that the game is a good brawler. I think compared to Smash Brothers, it's about as good as you can get right now for Smash clones. Um, and it's definitely worth picking up if you are a longtime fan of Nickelodeon because there's character representation from the past and the present. So there's a good mix of everything in there from Ren and Stimpy to Invader Zim to El Tigre to Loudmouth to SpongeBob to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, to Angry Beavers to, you know, all these different places. The only other thing that I want to mention is that um, a lot of characters that were in the first game did not show up. Helga, uh, Cat Dog, Cinnamon, you know, Powder Toast Man, like they're some of them are in the game. Like Helga's in the background of one level, and obviously Powder Toast Man is a, a, a shop vendor, and and Hugh Neutron is also a shop vendor. But it's you know obviously they had to clear the way for some new character slots, right? But I remember them saying that like every character from the last game was back, and that's not entirely true. I do like the new additions to the roster, like Gerald and Arnold's grandma and uh, Jimmy Neutron and stuff. Like, I, I, I like those additions, but I would love to have still seen the Avril Monsters character or Cat Dog or Powdered Toast Man be on the active roster along with everyone else. I, I just feel like it's it's a bit of a... Um, it's a bit of a an L for the game to not have those characters back. And I, maybe it's because we're we're so conditioned after Ultimate to have like every character that we want from the past and the future, you know, past games and the present game. But um, yeah, I, I feel like maybe through updates, they free updates, they could add those characters back, 
or maybe those are characters that they just couldn't get the voice actors for and maybe maybe the voice actors didn't come back or whatever i'm not sure maybe they didn't have the budget to pay the voice actor for cat dog to come back or whatever i'm not sure but um anyway four out of five it's it's decent it's actually pretty good but um you know there's some things holding it back from being great you know and uh every other mode in there is fine like the arcade mode is just a you know you battle through a group of uh characters and and get to the end Uh, online mode is just what you expect 1v1 2v2 3v3 4v4 uh, 1v all, you know, free to free for all kind of game modes. Nothing crazy there. There's also a tournament mode for play. Like, there's the one on the All Star. This one says PlayStation, so I'm guessing there's no crossplay. So the play- PlayStation tournament, you can you go up against like a bracket of players and and keep going. Um, there's all there's training modes and stuff like that. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's like a gallery. There's trophies to earn. Um, there's uh like a, a customizable emblem and like player cards so you know there's a good amount of stuff here and i think they did a great job with that um so there you go in the end four out of five for nickelodeon all-star brawl 2 if you like what you hear and if you like a good smash clone this might be one to think about picking up personally i i would not pick up the first game but eh, if it's on sale check it out i think that one was also decent at least but when I was playing it, it didn't have voice acting, and there was, like, a limited roster. <laughs> so uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2 is, 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 the, is the full package from the get-go, at least, which is what you can't say about the first game. So that's nice. All right, I also played a game called Leica Age Through Blood. Um, I decided to pick this up after watching a video from Iron Pineapple, one of my favorite YouTubers. And... It's it's a it's a damn hard game. Like I've played a lot of Souls likes, I've played a lot of RPGs, I've played a lot of challenging games, and um, there's something about the control scheme for Leica that has not clicked with me entirely. Uh, having to control the motorcycle while shooting, while parrying, while flipping it around back and forth, while trying to keep it steady, while enemies are shooting at you, and you gotta do like platforming sections. It's just been a bit much, and I definitely want to get back to it. I only played, like, 40 or so minutes of it uh, when I first picked it up, and I I think I died at least, like, 30 times in that time period. Like, it started off, and I was like, oh, this is is cool, you know. And then they started adding stuff on top of it, and I started dying more and more. Um, And I didn't even make it to the first boss yet, which is um, unfortunate. (laughs) Uh, But I will say that, like, the soundtrack is really good. The graphic style is really good. Um, I especially like the like kind of Western Mad Max inspired kind of uh, post apocalyptic world that they're going for, um, and uh, yeah, there's not really much else that I want to say right now, but just know that I played the game. I think it's good, but it's it's a tough one to pick up and learn. It really is. It's, it does. It definitely takes. It's going to take a a lot of patience and a lot of deaths for me personally to get through it um so if you don't like the sound of it 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 is it is like a metroidvania it's a it's the it's dubbed a motorvania because you're using a motorcycle um so if you want a metroidvania that's a bit different than what you're used to maybe check it out but it also has like that one hit kill mentality where it's like enemies die in one hit but you die in one hit so that can bring on a lot of frustrations, especially for a game like this that's so loosey-goosey with its control scheme. As for games I streamed, Lego Batman 2, uh, DC Super Heroes, we finished that up uh, this past week. It's it's still pretty fun. It's still pretty fun. Uh, there's some annoying bits to it, uh, like Alfred reminding you that Superman or Green Lantern can fly constantly, but uh, for the most part, we didn't... You know, I, I, I did have a fun time with it. I thought it was fun. It's one of those Lego games that I feel like needs more variety in the character selection because for about 90% of the levels, you're only using Batman and Robin, and eventually you do use Batman and Superman, and then, you know, it, on the last level, you get, like, the whole Justice League, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, most Lego games, you're kind of switching up characters or at least switching up, like, um, you know, costumes for characters, as you go through, a good example would be Marvel's superheroes, where 
the first one and the second one, I guess, where you're just kind of like getting a new character in every single level, or you're getting a group of new characters, or or Lego Star Wars too. Like you get like a new character almost every single level in that one, um, even if they're just like an aged, a, a older version of the character. Like it's still cool to get a new character and see that pop happen while you're playing the game. And you didn't really get that in DC. Uh, I'm sorry, Lego Batman Two. Uh, so in the end, you know, I just I put it at the B tier. I thought it was a fun Lego game. Um, not my favorite, but still pretty good. Definitely better than the first one, I think. Um, I think it, the first one didn't run as good as the second one. And I also think that uh, having the voice acting in there definitely elevates it a bit. I think, actually, Lego Batman 2 was the first voice acted Lego game, uh, which was pretty revolutionary. Uh, I think that Lego Batman 3 is still, in my mind, the best. But, um, you know, they could they should have called it Lego Justice League. <laughs> Well, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I want to replay that game eventually, so I'll talk about that game when we get there. But Lego Batman 2, definitely still a good time, definitely worth your time if you're a fan of Lego games. Um, but for like a, for a Lego game, it doesn't have some of the things that I want from it, like multiple characters being unlocked in, the, in a level or, you know, um, stuff like that. I think that's the main thing that's missing. So it, it, it ends up in the B tier, and that is the la- I mean, Lego Batman 2 is the last game that we streamed, we finished on stream, we are playing Neo, or we're going to be playing Neo in 2024. Um, I just felt like it's time to give it another chance because uh, the last time that I left off of it, I was I was kind of playing it and didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and being it and and streaming it is going to help me because I will keep the controls fresh in my mind instead of taking breaks from it. So um, we're going to be doing that, and then also we're still playing Power Wash Simulator on the weekends on Saturdays. Um, which is um, what I've been what I've been doing for like the last couple of weeks now. Like I probably would have gotten Power Wash Simulator done by now if I had played it during the week, but I felt like it was it was a good chill weekend vibe. So um, we're probably about halfway, maybe a little bit more than halfway through at this point. Um, so we'll we'll keep trucking on that. And there is a mystery game that we're either going to be starting on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, swing by on either of those days to see what it is. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next part of the show, which is. What's in the news? All right, first up, Stellar Blade has been delayed until 2024, obviously. Um, this literally came uh, uh, on Friday. This this news article came up on Friday uh, when the developer uh, came out on a blog post and said Stellar Blade is an action-adventure game made its way on the PS5 next year. This hack-and-slash title puts players in control of the stylish heroine Eve as she takes on the Naitibas, a force of inv- invading Earth while surviving humans escape to an outer space colony. Stellar Blade combines sharp action with stunning vid- visuals and a mature narrative to create something all new. Players will have to balance a, I'm sorry, master a balance of offensive and defensive... A balanced offense and defense to survive against hordes of this out-of-this-world enemies. Oh, my gosh. Um... So yeah, this was the one that started off as Project Eve, and then it got turned into Stellar Blade, and Sony signed them, and uh, they uh, are publishing the game for them, and they've shown it off at a couple of state of plays now, and they've it's looked pretty good so far. Um, I think that it's it, it's got it's kind of got like a DMC kind of vibe to it, you know, Devil May Cry kind of vibe. Um, but anyway, yeah, so the, the game was supposed to be released in like late 2023, but obviously. <laughs> The developer had to come out and say, "Hey, it's 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 coming in twenty four. Uh, we missed we missed our we missed our twenty twenty three release window. So now we we've, we've backed it up to twenty twenty four, which I guess makes sense. You know, it's the end of twenty twenty three. Where are they going to release it on the thirty first of December? I don't think so. With no pop and circumstance. Uh, so yeah, take as much time as they as you need. Um, I, I I mean, there's there's still a good amount of games coming out early in the year, so they're probably going to be putting this out." maybe later in the year if it is that close to being done. Uh, but, they're de- I mean, at this point, the first part of the year, like January and February and even March with Rise of Ronin, is definitely stacked for releases. I mean, we got Helldivers 2. We got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. We got Rise of Ronin, as I already said. We got the um, we got the, the Prince of Persia game. Like, there's so many games coming out in the start of the year it's going to be a, it's 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 just a it's a stacked couple months here and that usually does not happen but i think a lot of companies are getting back in the groove now and um they just start releasing games so good for them good for us bad for my wallet <laughs> uh the GTA 6 hacker 
has been ruled a high risk to the public, and he's been sentenced to a life in hospital. So if you don't know, um, the GTA 6 trailer leaked like a couple days before um, the release, the full-blown release of the trailer from Rockstar. And um, I, I do believe that he was... I, I Maybe he wasn't associated... I, I thought that the, the, the story was that it was a kid who was, you know, uh, like a, uh, a son or, or whatever to uh, one of the developers at the studio. But I guess I guess that was false information. Um, but uh, the lad was a 18-year-old British boy who has had hacks in, the, in his history. So even though he's only 18 years old, he's done other hacks as well. Um, this person was a member of an online gang called Lapsus Money. Lapsus dollar sign, however you say it. Uh, he played a role in other high-profile hacks for like uh, into Uber and NVIDIA, which cost those companies $10 million together. Um, so, yeah, essentially he's going to be sent- spending a life sentence in hospital because they ruled him to be such a high risk to public life, which is kind of crazy. Um so essentially how he hacked Rockstar Games, he was already under police protection. I guess maybe he maybe he came out and talked about this gang that he was a member of and they had to put him in police protection. Um, but while he was under police protection, he used an Amazon Fire Stick, a mobile phone, and a Travel Lodge Hotels television to hack in the Rockstar and get the trailer and all the high-value information. A representative from Rockstar said that they had that this hack had cost the company at least five million dollars, um, and thousands of uh, of hours of employee time. Um, so there you go. Uh, so, despite him being a gifted hacker, he is being sentenced to life in hospi- hospital, and maybe kind of like the Avengers, he'll be called upon to hack some sort of <laughs> government enemy in the future. I don't know. That's just that's me being, being facetious, but uh, yeah, I mean, so young and so talented, he definitely could have used his hacking prowess for something more. I would say, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but uh, he will be put away in this hospital, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, um, adios, amigo. Xbox did a bit of an oopsie. They used some AI-generated art for a tweet. Um, essentially, they were <laughs> essentially they were like talking about indie games, walking in an indie wonderland. What were some of your favorite games this year? And they used AI art to uh, make like a logo for the ID at Xbox. So indie developers at Xbox Twitter account used this AI art. Now, whether this was a flub by a intern or whether this was like an accidental post or whether it was on purpose, it's not sure because Xbox pulled the post right after the, it started to get some attention um, and it was quickly de- deleted after that. Um, but uh, yeah, essentially, yeah, it was a picture of like ID Xbox, right? So you have the ID in like snow and Xbox is down below in like green um, obviously, it looks like Xbox was added by a human because AI doesn't know how to fucking write words, to be <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but there's a bunch of, like, kids and, and, like, an adult playing in the snow. And it's just kind of, you know, it, it doesn't look like, from face value, like, looking at it from far away, it does not look like an AI artwork. But once you zoom in, you can see, like, the faces are all weird. Like the the pe- like the people are doing things like what is like this one person is like holding a stick and fishing but there's no reel or rod or anything like that it's just it's just a very strange a very strange scene and a lot of people were you know, rightfully upset because it's like okay you're you're indie developers at Xbox Twitter account not paying like a small artist or an artist in general to make your Christmas greeting. Like, what are you doing here? Like, that's so ridiculous. You're a multi-million dollar company and you can't pay someone to make some art for you. It's kind of crazy. And of course, uh, justifiably, you know, people have been tweeting about it nonstop. Um, I, I guess it's kind of died down at this point, obviously, but it's just, it's just, it is a bit of like um, a low to promote indie games with AI art, you know, like you're going to, 
you're not going to support like a small artist, but you are going to support these indie developers. Like they're, they're, it's just one of those things. Like, come on, come on. Like at this point, AI art is such a split topic. Um, with most people being in the in the in the realm of yeah, we don't want to see AI artwork. Like especially for big companies like this. Like maybe I can understand it for a small company that's like just trying to, I don't know, survive on the money that they're making in in in, in any given week. Uh, but PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, stuff like that, they're not they're not hurting for money. And Xbox is I mean, maybe I mean, you know, honestly, after all the acquisitions, maybe Xbox is hurting for money, but it's still a multi-million dollar company. You you got to pay an artist to make your your greeting or have someone inside your own like company do it because I'm sure you have plenty of talented artists or visual effects artists or something like that inside of your own studios. Why not call up one of them and be like, Hey, can you make like a winter wonderland indie centered picture for us? Instead of putting these prompts into an AI art generator, just give the prompts to the fucking artist. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, yeah, this isn't going to tear Xbox to the ground, but it is going to leave a sour taste in people's mouths until the new year. All right, PlayStation has released a map of the best-selling games in each region. And you may or may not be surprised that most of them are the same. <laughs> most of them are literally the same, maybe a little bit of variation here and there. Uh, so in the good old US of A, the number one most played game and most downloaded game was Fortnite, followed by Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. In Canada... Fortnite, Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto. In Mexico, Fortnite, Call of Duty, EA Sports, FIFA 23. Uh, in Central America, EA Sports, FIFA 23, Fortnite, and Call of Duty. In Brazil, EA Sports, FIFA 23, Fortnite, and Grand Theft Auto. In Lower South America, we got Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA, and Rocket League. In South Africa, we have Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA 23, and Call of Duty. <laughs> Uh, in Spain, we got Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA, and Call of Duty. In Germany, we got Fortnite, EA Sports, Call of Duty. In uh, e uh, in the United Kingdom, we have Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA, and Call of Duty. <laughs> we in the United, uh, I'm sorry, that was Scotland. In the United Kingdom, it's the same thing though. Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA, and Call of Duty. It's just it's the same fucking thing for every single one. Poland, EA Sports, FIFA, Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto. Italy, Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA, Grand Theft Auto 5. Saudi Arabia, Fortnite, EA Sports, FIFA, Grand Theft Auto 5. Uh, the Arab Emis Arabian Emissaries, EA Sports, FIFA 23, Fortnite, and Call of Duty. <laughs> Most Plays Games is Australia, Fortnite, Call of Duty, EA Sports, FIFA. South Korea, Diablo. Elden Ring and EA Sports FIFA 23 and Tokyo, Japan. We have Apex Legends, Genshin Impact, and Fortnite. A little bit different there. New Zealand, the final one, folks. Can you guess what it's going to be? Fortnite, Grand Theft Auto, and Call of Duty. <laughs> so uh, not much variation over the, the different places. Even in the more niche, or I guess not niche, but maybe the more smaller markets, you still have, like, Finland. It's Fortnite. And EA Sports and Call of Duty, like you know, obviously Europe's going to be a lot of the, about that football life. America is mostly shooter games, but that's the thing. Like everywhere is mostly shooter games. Like the only difference was in South Korea and 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 Japan. That was really where the differences lie. Everything else was pretty much the same, with a few variations here or there. But it is interesting to see what people are playing around the world. Um, it's a little bit disappointing that Fortnite is number one almost everywhere, and Call of Duty is and Grand Theft Auto Five are on there, but. Next year, we'll probably see a shift. It's probably going to be Grand Theft Auto 6 and Call of Duty Black Ops and, well, who will be kidding? Fortnite. <laughs> and finally for the news today, Vampire Survivors has teased a new roadmap for 2024. Um, after a nice little wrap-it-up presentation from the developer that showed off the 2023 year and what, what happened during the year, uh, they showed off what the new roadmap is going to be. Now, they're not sure when exactly some of these things are going to be coming, uh, but they do have a relatively planned out, I guess, um, list of things that they want to do. Uh, so I'm just going to name these things off, and you can take with it what you want. Pyroclassism, Hammer, which might be a new weapon, First Blood, I'm not sure what that is, the Lycium, the Co-op, so they're probably going to be Co-op coming in. Um, mozzarella, 
Those people, whatever that means, Wes Woods, maybe a new map, Top s- top Secrets, Final Flight, House, Emeralds, Laboratory, and Honeymoon. So maybe there's some new power-ups in here mixed in here. Maybe there's new some new maps, some new characters mixed in here. Possibly some some new elements like co-op might be kind of cool. I think there already is some co-op in here, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is a very strange roadmap. It's there's it's just a big spiral of words, and I guess they're not sure what's coming when. But uh, we will wait and see. Uh, uh, the first content drop is slated for sometime in early 2024. Or the next update, I should say. Um, but, uh, yeah, there you go. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Um, so, yeah, that's the news for today. Let's go ahead and switch over to what's coming soon. All right. So, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door, the remaster or remake, whatever they're calling it, is, has been rated for the e, for ESRB. Which means that it's probably coming around sooner rather than later. Now, there's still just a tentative date of 2024 attached to it. Um, but with the ESRB rating coming around, that usually means that things are wrapping up and they are going to be released relatively soon. Now, it could be soon as in, like, summer or soon as in, like, in the next couple months. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe with the next Nintendo Direct, maybe it'll be a shadow drop. Who knows? Uh, but it received an E for everyone rating for mild fantasy violence, mild suggestive themes with no interactive elements uh, with the suggestive themes, I guess. Um, in a description for the ESRB, it says, This is an action, adve- I'm sorry, this is an adventure role playing game in which players help Mario rescue Princess Peach from an alien group. As players traverse whimsical worlds, they interact with characters and engage in turn based puzzle action combat against paper creatures. Players are ver- players use various attacks, such as boot stomp, hammer strike, fireballs against cartoony enemies that disappear into stars and coins. A handful of characters engage in brief, flirtatious dialogue, like, aren't you a fine specimen of man? And perhaps if I grabbed you and gave you a little sugar. And or are designed with large chests or exaggerated proportions. <laughs> um, so that's why, yeah, Miles suggested things in there. Now, the original ESRB for the GameCube was E for everyone as well, but only had mild cartoon violence attached to it. So they, they have definitely updated it a little bit. <laughs> uh, when I played through the game, yeah, I mean, you know, there's some big booby, big booby uh, characters in there. Um, there's definitely some, some um, Rule 34 bait in it as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it kept the E for everyone. So, you know, I guess it's not as egregious as maybe we thought, but... It's. I mean, yeah. It's. it's this is going to be a. I mean, I'm probably going to buy Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remake simply because it, Nintendo needs to see that this is the this is the style of Paper Mario game we want or need. Right. I played through Origami King. It was my first Paper Mario game, and about halfway through the game, maybe even a little bit less, I was like, "Damn, this combat sucks." Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, though, the combat was fresh all the way through. It was fun all the way through. Uh, maybe a little bit BS at the end of it all, but still, I really enjoyed the game. So. I think it's definitely be worth checking out and buying if you want to, and hopefully that'll tell Nintendo what style of Mario, of Paper Mario game we want in the future. Okay, Sonic Prime Season 1 is getting a Blu-ray release in 2024. Uh, season 3 for this show is, is airing on Netflix in the coming month, uh, but it seems like people have spotted, Eagle Eyes have spotted a leak that the, the Sonic Prime... Blu-ray for Season 1 is going to come out in March of 2024. There hasn't been an official announcement from the Sonic team yet, or even Netflix, um, but it seems to be pretty much confirmed at this point. Um, just uh, wait, waiting for the uh, waiting for Netflix to catch up with these leaks. Um, the first season is going to be priced at $20. There's no box art yet, but um, there will be a physical release, and um, we'll probably hear some updates from Netflix in the coming month or so. Bill and Ted's excellent retro collection is going to be removed from the PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox, Switch, stores, etc. Um, now, when this originally came out, Limited Run Games was applauded for, you know, saving this, these these games. You know, these these two games, or, or was it three games? Two or three games that uh, came out for the Bill and Ted collection. 
because I guess they had kind of been lost to time for a little while, and they were like, oh, wow, congratulations, we saved these these games. Uh, but despite their best efforts, um, on Twitter, the CEO of Limited Run Games, Josh Fairhurst, said that they, uh, the games will be removed from the PlayStation Store, Switch, Xbox, all downloadable locations uh, in January. So on the 1st of January, wow, you if you're listening to this now, hurry up. <laughs> If you want to, if you want to get this before it's removed from platforms, um, people will be able to re-download it if they've already bought it. But the version to be purchasable will be gone. And of course, Limited Run Games is one of those companies that does not uh, re-up many games. Like once they launch a game, it's like that's the amount of copies it's getting, and it's over. Um, they'd really try and feed into that FOMO kind of world. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some criticism lauded towards Limited Run for doing this. It's probably a licensing thing. It probably costs a lot of money to get the license to even re-release these games in the first place. Um, and Limited Run games, even though they're pretty big, it's it's still like a you know relatively small company compared to a lot of other publishers out there. But um, it was nice to see this get its, get its uh, second wind. I did not buy it myself, and I don't think I will be buying it because the games were... I mean, you know, with all the criticism being lobbied against limited run games for taking this down, you would think the games would actually be good. But for the most part, they got mostly negative reviews uh, across the board uh, from people. So it's like, well, you know, what do you want? You know, <laughs> what do you want them to do? I mean, these games are reviewed poorly and they probably haven't been selling anyway. But it is always nice. I will, I will say this. It's always nice to have access to those games, whether they're good or not. It's obviously a personal thing, but uh, it's always nice to have access to older games here and now and in the future. So it is sad to see them go, but I mean, I'm not going to make any excuses. It is sad to see them go, and they shouldn't be going, but you know, whatever. All right, Horizon Chase Two, the sequel to Horizon Chase Zero, was it called Turbo? Um, Horizon Chase Two is officially coming over to. The Xbox and PlayStation, it had a full year of Nintendo and Epic Games Store ex- exclusivity. Uh, so Horizon Chase 2 will launch on Xbox One, Series X, PS4, and 5 in spring of 2024. Uh, there's no specific date quite yet, but we can kind of guess that's probably going to be like March, April, May, kind of, uh, maybe even earlier. Um, I'm not sure when it originally launched on Switch. Uh, but you can kind of you can kind of guess around the time when it's going to be coming out based on when it launched on Switch and um, uh, the Epic Game Store. Um, so apparently the game was getting some updates to it, which had some Christmas themed courses and, and holiday themed courses, which is pretty nice. Um, I never got around to playing the first game. It, it, it was released on PlayStation Plus, but I kind of figured it was kind of more like a phone game ported over to the PlayStation, so I didn't really play it. But Horizon Turbo, Horizon Chase 2, I mean, it looks pretty good. I mean, just from some screenshots on Twitter that I'm looking at, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, for a racing game, it looks nice and cartoony, you know, which is not a bad thing per se. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, um, if you want to check that out, it's coming in spring, or if you want to check it out right now, it's already on Switch and Epic Game Store. All right, Expeditions, a Mud Runner game, has gotten a March 2024 release date, March 5th to be exact. Uh, this was shown off during the last Xbox um, uh, showcase, whatever they called it, um, and or maybe this was during Gamescom 2023. But I think it was during the Xbox Game Showcase. So whatever, fuck me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it didn't have a release date, just had 2024 attached to it, but now it's March 5th, 2024. Um, it, it won't be launching day one on Game Pass, but it is coming to Xbox and Xbox Series S. I play, I'm pretty sure it's also coming to like PlayStation and Nintendo. Uh, maybe not Nintendo, but PlayStation. Um, this is a sequel to SnowRunner, which is a sequel to the Mudrunner or Spin Tires or Mudrunner series. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it seems pretty good. I mean, the the trailer that we saw was was pretty was pretty well done. You know, nice graphical style. Um, you know, like this this game revolves around you like saving people stuck in mud or or making your way to people stuck in mud and and doing stuff with like these these really cool looking vehicles. Um, so yeah, uh, it's definitely an interesting looking game. You can pre order it now. It's coming out in March, uh, right around the same time as Rise of Ronin. Might not be a good idea to do that. <laughs> 
Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Uh, PlayStation Plus has announced their games, their, their essential games for January. Of course, you can download these the first Tuesday of January, which is the second this month or next month. Um, so they revealed that the games are A Plague Tale Requiem, Requiem just for PS5, Evil West for both PS4 and PS5, and Nobody Saves the World for both PS4 and PS5. Three pretty good games, ranging from pretty good to, to good. Um, Nobody Saves the World was one of my top ten games the year that it came out. It was really fun. It's like a, a you know top-down action game where you can transform into whatever character that you have unlocked, and you can mix and match their play styles. It's a pretty good game. I really enjoyed it. Pretty funny. I like the art style, too. It's by the same people who did Guacamole, but it's definitely a different vibe than Guacamole. Uh, Evil West is like a third-person game inspired by the God of War remake or reboot. I'm I'm sorry, reboot. Uh, So essentially, it's like a third-person game where you're kind of like going from arena to arena fighting enemies, um, vampires, to be more precise, vampire-type characters. It's a pretty difficult game by the end of it. Um, it's pretty good. It's decent. I didn't finish it myself, but it's, it's a decent game. And A Plague Tale Requiem, I didn't get around to playing it when it came out, uh, but I do remember playing a little bit of it, and graphically, it's amazing. Um, I didn't really get into the gameplay, so I can't really talk about that, but uh, yeah, I mean, Plague Tale Requiem, I mean, the first game was, was really good, so you can only you can only guess that the second game is also going to be pretty good. So yeah, starting on Tuesday, you'll be able to download those. And finally for today... Uh, here are some games that are leaving Xbox Game Pass on the 31st of December. That's actually today, so if you missed them, I'm sorry. Uh, GTA V, Monster Train, and Naraka Blade Point Deluxe Edition are all leaving um, the Xbox Game Pass today, uh, December 31st. Um, so sorry if you missed out on those. I think they were. I think there was a post before about all the games leaving Game Pass in December, and they might have been on there. I don't remember though. I just wanted to re-say it because I didn't. I wasn't sure if I had gone over that or not. But, um, yeah, there you go, folks. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the closing segment here. Which is, guess that game song. Guess that song. <laughs> uh, so I'll play a song from a video game. Just let me know what you think it is. Uh, just give me the game's name and the song. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm fucking this up so bad. The song name or the game that's from. I've, uh, you, you would think that I would have this down by now since I've done it like 50 times. So yeah, the, the song name and the game that's from, that's all I need, and I will give you a super reaction in the Discord, or I'll give you a congratulations and a heart in the comments on YouTube. Let's go ahead and listen to today's song right now. All right, thank you so much for swinging by and listening to this episode of the Ferris 64 podcast. I do appreciate that. Uh, Ferris 64 has, is, is possible because of people like you listening and showing the numbers. It definitely makes it worthwhile to do it. And I just enjoy doing it in general. It's not just for the people. It's, I also do it for myself. I really, uh, I really like doing these because it keeps me up to date on, uh, on video game news. And I also get to spread my love for video games all over the globe. So wherever you are, thank you for listening this year in 2023. We had a great year for the podcast. Um, I really appreciate everyone listening, whether you're in Europe or America, one of the Americas, North or South America, Australia, I don't care where you're at. Just thank you for listening. And I appreciate your support. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure you check out the YouTube channel where I post the video version of Final Reviews and the podcast itself. So if you want a different that different way of listening to it, you can. Uh, but most people are listening on like Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which I also appreciate a lot. And if you are listening on one of those platforms, don't forget to leave the, uh, the, the podcast a rating on Spotify or a review on Apple Podcasts. I would appreciate that. Also, if you haven't noticed, I have been doing the uh, like question of the podcast uh, down below in Spotify, and also sometimes there's a poll as well. If you want to check that out, leave a response. I would appreciate that too. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it for that. Uh, if you want to check out the other podcast I do, it's called Film Freaks with a Z at the end. 
Uh, we talked about Home Alone in the latest episode. If you want to check that out, just to round out the Christmas time festivities. I also am doing another podcast called Ferret Cafe. It's available right now in audio form on Spotify and other locations as well. If you want to check that out, the video version is available on the next, the following Thursday. Uh, every other Thursday, I do a live stream for it uh, starting around 8 p.m. Eastern time if you want to check that out live. And other than that, uh, we stream on Twitch Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And right now we're playing through Neo and Power Wash Simulator, and one other game will be added to the mix uh, in the new year. So if you want to check that out, we'll be swinging around and doing that. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. Have a great New Year's. If I don't hear from you, have a nice rest of your week. I am Amy the Ferret, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening. I'll talk at you next week in the new year. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.